0: Welcome to another episode of Eat Chit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me as always is John D. Hey. And this week we're talking about.
1: This game would be awesome if.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna talk about some fan re-themes, some house rules, variants, um a meowing kitty cat that wants it in this room real bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, she does.
0: Wow. Yep, she wants in. Um, but we're not going to let her in because we're recording...
1: In our new studio. Yeah.
0: Yay.
1: With the Echo. With the echo. Jared hasn't
0: soundproofed yet. Yeah. Okay, so some of these games um, I, I picked knowing that Jondi hadn't really ever played. Uh, or um, I think maybe even a couple of them that she was like, I don't even know what this is. But at least she knows the theme. And they would be ways to get her to play them.
1: It's highly likely.
0: I don't know, there's a few games here that, uh, uh, maybe like one or two that you aren't familiar with, right?
1: I mean, there's a few that I haven't played, but I think all but one on the list that I'm looking at right now I'm at least aware of.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I guess let's just straight up talk about this. Let's do it. Uh, A lot of them, uh, maybe not a lot, but a few of them.
1: No surprise. (laughs) Several
0: of them are re-themes of my favorite game, Pandemic.
1: No surprise there. Yeah.
0: So I don't know what it is about pandemic that people think that they can just make their own versions of it.
1: I had no idea.
0: Yeah. That. that I mean, those come from people going, hey, what if pandemic were set in um, space? And instead of trying to cure diseases, you were trying to, uh, oh, I don't know, fight the imperial empire. <gasps> A la Star Wars?
1: What about uh, Star Trek where you're trying to eradicate the Tribbles?
0: Yeah. See, that could work. Uh, I mean, I don't think they have that license, but they totally could do that it'd
1: be cool because like they're, they're three like different species yeah. type of
0: different colors of triple
1: like in star trek online in star trek online if you breed like different tribbles together you get like rare colors and stuff oh my like God. that
0: why, so. why are they encouraging people to do that here's here's everything that i know about tribbles don't feed them after midnight don't get them wet don't <laughs> let them in the sunlight
1: oh uh, they are not gremlins what? <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs>
0: what? Uh, okay, so let's 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 try to. I mean, I, this is all my fault, but let's try to get back on this. Um, there's two re-themes of pandemic that I picked out here to talk about, and one rules variant. The first one is uh, Pandemic Invasion Earth. It's a Doctor Who pandemic variant. Um, some of these are available. As actual download print and plays, some of them are not. Some of them are just like, hey, I made this. Here's some pictures of it. I, as far as I'm aware, as far as I know, this one is not explicitly available. But probably you could find one very similar to this if you looked. But they've they've changed some of the roll cards. So the researcher is Sarah Jane. Um, the scientist is K9. The ops expert is the doctor. Uh, the dispatcher is Martha Jones. And they've got the medic is captain jack so i mean uh, you can if you're a doctor who fan you maybe can date what season this is when this was made mm-hmm. um the infections you've got time fractures you've got daleks Santaran, Cybermen, sycorax um which again not a major doctor who enemy but at the time that this person did that retheme that was one of the big enemies on the show um the cures you unlock encryption codes Sure, whatever. Uh, I guess thematically here, you're just traveling around in the TARDIS, fighting various monsters, and it, it's it seems pretty cool. But this guy explicitly said, "I don't think I'll be posting any files because of copyright concerns." He's um, worried that the BBC is going to
1: probably take smart. him down. Probably smart. Um, Equally so with anything like Marvel or
0: Disney. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I can't speak for the BBC, but I think in this case they probably wouldn't really throw a big fit about it. I don't know that they're they have people watching the board game geek files. Probably, probably not. But I understand his his reluctance to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that information that I've given you, you can probably retheme it yourself. Just Photoshop some images onto some cards and be like, "All right, let's just pretend."
1: Yeah.
0: Then on the complete opposite end of the scale, Star Wars. What? What? <laughs> um, so this one doesn't really work as well, because name the name the bad guys in Star Wars, John D. Um, the
1: Empire. Uh-huh.
0: So they went the opposite direction. So you play as the dark side, and your goal is to capture... Or defeat the rebellion. So you've got Luke Skywalker, Leia, Han Solo, and the droids. Um, and then if you have the purple cubes, it's it's Lando.
1: Okay, so well, I think that's a cool idea. Um, explain to me when the viruses uh-huh. like can like grow. It's not like Luke Skywalker's cloning himself. <laughs> no, no,
0: I I think I think what he's doing here is this is like okay, it's the height of the Empire. The uh-huh. Empire has complete control of the galaxy, uh-huh. and then. You have the little seeds of the rebellion. Like, I know in-universe, that's not how it works. In, in like, in the Star Wars storyline, I know that's not... I mean,
1: it could. But I mean,
0: that's kind of what he's like, all right, well, Luke Skywalker went to this planet and fought the rebels, and now they have control of it. I, I don't know. I don't claim that these all are great re-themes. I'm just...
1: Talking about the re just talking about them. <laughs> Fair.
0: So if you want to be the bad guys and I mean
1: it's cool that they went from that yeah, direction. Yes,
0: yes. Because otherwise it's like, okay, name the you wanna make Star Wars pandemic? Okay. What are the bad guys? Well, um, I guess you could have some stormtroopers. Um uh some bounty hunters, maybe. Yeah. Uh I mean, if you get into extended universe, you know, there's a lot there. But since Disney's takeover, the bad guys that are in Star Wars are like Sith, Stormtroopers. Uh, maybe, maybe some, I mean, I don't know, Bounty Hunters and Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> so so it, doesn't, it doesn't work, really. Right. But making it so that you're the bad guys trying to defeat the Rebellion, which, by the way, If you are a stable galactic government and a group of terrorists come and blow up your space station, who's really the bad guys here?
1: That has been discussed by so many different people.
0: Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, Darth Vader is the medic. Boba Fett is the field operative. Thrawn, getting into some EU stuff here, is the scientist. You've got Red Guards as researcher, Imperial pilots as dispatcher, just a normal Imperial officer as a generalist. Tarkin as operations expert. You've got an AT-AT driver, uh, that's what it says, uh, as an archivist. You've got stormtroopers, snow snowtroopers, troopers.
1: Okay, they're reaching a little bit. They there. are. It's an I, AT-AT uh, driver, really? Yeah, hmm
0: mm-hmm. And they've even got some miniatures here that they're using from the Star Wars tabletop miniatures game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think it works as well, but it's a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. This one has a lot more graphics that are available, but again, I don't think this individual has uploaded a, a full print and play of this because, you know, copyright stuff there, I understand. Those those are two um, interesting themes of Pandemic that we found. Uh, another Pandemic thing that we found that's not even a board game that I am super excited about and would love to see in person, some mad lad out there has rethemed a pinball machine as Pandemic. What? What? So they've taken a pinball machine. Uh, that game is Hard Body, which um, don't go look up or do, but um, I warned you not to. Uh, it's very... 1980s Baywatch bodies. Well, anyway, um, you're an adult; you can look it up. But they <laughs> they're retheming it to pandemic. I don't fully understand, but I'm gonna put a link to it. Are you looking at it? Are you looking at hard body?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've played this
0: pinball machine. It's, oh my um, god,
1: that's
0: hilarious! Yeah, I'm gonna put a link to this to the thread that's on this pinball website because I think this is awesome. This is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life.
1: Oh, my God. 1987 at the height of the fitness craze of the uh-huh. 80s. Uh, well,
0: I told you not to look at it.
1: Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking at, like, the actual stuff on the pinball, like, in the.
0: On the on the field? Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Everybody do yourselves a favor and look at this because oh. it's really funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, wow. uh
1: only 2,000 of them were ever made. Wow,
0: really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's just an old solid-state pinball machine. So, I mean, you could rip the board out and put whatever stickers you want on there. I mean, it's, it's pinball. Yep. It's a thing that someone is doing for some reason. <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to argue with them. I think it's really cool. I am absolutely in favor of this kind of thing. Uh, I love pinball. I am awful at pinball.
1: So you're not a pinball wizard? I'm not.
0: I'm not good at pinball, but I like to play pinball. We have a pinball bar here.
1: No, we have a video game bar that has a lot of pinball machines. Well, now, hold
0: on. Half of the machines that they have are pinball.
1: I wouldn't know. I've never gone.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, Johnny doesn't know, but half of the machines that they have at at the barcade are pinball. So. Yeah,
1: I've never bothered to
0: go down there. Well, you should go sometime.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, well, that's all I've got for pandemic.
1: You have a more pandemic. Yeah,
0: the, list. but the more pandemic is just a different Doctor Who pandemic.
1: Ah, oh, got it.
0: So, um, I guess there's another one. It's not a unique idea. Someone else also decided that they wanted to to do that. Um, but Come on,
1: people. Star Trek. Yeah. It's, where it's at.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but I do know about, if you want to talk about Star Trek, um, you've never played Space Alert, right?
1: I can't remember if I have or not. I don't think I have.
0: Okay. Well, Space Alert is a game where you have a set amount of time, soundtrack is playing, and you have to pre-program all your movements.
1: Is that CGE? CG game? It is.
0: Okay. Um, and it really sucks because I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to go down the hallway. I'm going to fix this thing and you go there. And, and then at the end of the 10 minutes we reveal our moves and you idiot, I told you I was going to go there and fix this thing. We're both there. We run into each other. We fall on the ground. We don't fix the thing. Oh, the ship blew up. Great. Good job.
1: <laughs> I actually have a copy of that, that uh, I bought for us to play. For our real time oh, episode.
0: Yeah. yeah. It is a game that exists <laughs> that you're gonna hate.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I might I don't like think it. you'll hate
0: it. I think you're just you're just gonna be like, Yeah, you were right. This is extremely frustrating. Like you only have a set amount of time to discuss everything, to plan the entire game, and then you stop, you see what happens.
1: London dread style.
0: Mm. But yeah, someone rethemed this and I can tell you who um, their board game geek username is Mandark um, rethemed this as Star Trek next uh, sorry uh, original series cool um, yeah it is a neat idea And they've got some figures um, that they've painted and uh, they've changed the board uh, to, to be a little bit more enterprise cool but the problem is it's still space alert it's going to be just as frustrating although extremely rewarding um, this I, I, it seems like almost all the files are here so you could do this um, the only thing that they did not retheme from the original game and the expansions are the heroic action cards they cannot be used with the specialization cards anyway the scenario cards, um, because you should be playing with the audio CD anyway, or the MP3s, whatever. The double action cards, uh, although he may retheme them in the future. The badges from the expansion, as they're not really needed. And the explorer's log and achievement overview, um, because they don't play with the character... Experience development because that's dumb because you shouldn't take this game that seriously. Anyway, you should just be like, well, let's play a game where we're going to blow up. Doesn't that sound fun? Um, by the way, Jondi, uh, this game, Space Alert, is set in the same universe as your favorite game of all time, I, I Galaxy Trucker. I knew that. Trucker. I
1: knew that. Yes.
0: So when you play either of those games, you're going to blow up. You're going to die.
1: So it's a really brutal universe.
0: It is. It is. Well, it doesn't help that the ship's name is the sitting duck.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. Do you get it? Because everything's broken. Yeah. (laughs) You have no weapons.
1: I get it. (laughs) I get it.
0: Uh, Space Alert is one of my favorite real-time games, and we will play it.
1: Well, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing that Jondi has no idea what it is. Maybe she's at least heard of it. Space Hulk. Are you familiar with Space Hulk?
1: I am not.
0: It's a Warhammer 40K board game uh, where you have... Two teams and um, a board, and you fight. And it's it's like a it's like a derelict ship, and you have to explore it. But there's evil aliens in it. Well, and
1: that's the normal thing. That's the normal one. Okay.
0: Someone has rethemed it as Battlestar Galactica.
1: It sounds like it would work.
0: Yeah. So there's a like Cylon boarding party, and um, you have to win.
1: Eradicate the Cylons.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, not all of these games are super in-depth. Some are just, like, what if the pictures were different? So that's what they've done here. They've just, uh, essentially, they use some different miniatures. The rules for this are available on BoardGameGeek. You can, you can check it out. It's under Space Hulk and the files Battlestar Galactica.
1: Okay. Well.
0: I'm not going to talk about that too much because you have no frame of reference, but if you like Warhammer, if you're into 40K... And you're into Space Marines, which uh, you shouldn't be into Space Marines. You should be into Tau. Check it out. Although I do have two copies of Space Hulk from two different printings, and I could I could see myself converting one of these if if I wasn't so lazy and had actual time to do so. I could see see that being converted.
1: Hmm. Get right on that. Yeah. So these next two games, I would actually I think I'd actually spend the time doing the rethink.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I don't think it's a secret to any longtime listeners that Johnny and I both really like Stargate.
1: We do very much so.
0: Yeah, Johnny's got a, an inaccurate tattoo on her. I do,
1: <laughs> I do, because it's just uh, representative.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the wrong Stargate. It's a really cool looking tattoo, but it's the wrong.
1: Because because the Supergate's stupid looking. Yeah,
0: well, I don't I disagree with you necessarily, but it's not show accurate.
1: Whatever, I don't care. It's still a cool tattoo, so whatever.
0: Um, the Resistance.
1: Yeah, so I have not played The Resistance, but I am very familiar with the game.
0: Um, you have played The Resistance. I you, have not. You, yes, you absolutely See, you played Avalon. you always tell me that. You played Avalon. No,
1: I didn't. Yeah. I did not play.
0: Well, we'll never know.
1: <laughs> anyway, I am familiar with the game. I know how it plays. So, yeah, um, somebody has done a Stargate resistance.
0: Yes. So, non Stargate fans, listen up.
1: So, it's it's Stargate SG1 versus the Gould.
0: And that's the pronunciation you're going with?
1: Uh, there's like all the different actors said it different <laughs> ways. There was Guala. Hammond
0: just said Gould.
1: So did uh, Jack. Yeah, Jack always just said yeah. Gould.
0: Well, that's because they didn't care enough. They didn't but respect the them. But, actual, but Daniel, like the Daniel tokra, respected them enough. Right. Yeah. The
1: Tokra and and the actual gold said it either gauld or go old.
0: Yeah, it's old. Yeah. There's a apostrophe in there. There is. Um, anyway, yeah. So it's a uh, some people. Okay. Well, let's back up just a second. Okay. If you don't know anything about Stargate, here's here's the basic plot of Stargate. Um, The pyramids were built by aliens. Those aliens enslaved humans to build the pyramids because they're landing pads for alien spaceships.
1: They're parasites. They take over a body. Yes.
0: They're like these worm things that live at the base of your spine or at the top. I guess the top of your spine. They kind of
1: like wrap around your spine or whatever. Well,
0: anyway, they give you superpowers. They're evil. They're all.
1: Their eyes They're bad guys.
0: So. Uh, some of the subplot of earlier seasons of SG One is they don't know which guy is the bad guy. It's a really dumb subplot, and it, as a fan of the show, it doesn't work. <laughs> some some of the plots in that show just don't work. They're dumb. But yes, the theme of the resistance is you have two teams. You've got a secret, uh, not a, not even a double agent. Just someone is. Uh, the bad guy, and you don't know who it is, hidden roles. So you've got two teams you've got SG1 and you've got the gold. The roles are secret. It's a hidden role game. You go on missions to fight the bad guys.
1: Which is pretty much what you do, what they do in the show. Yeah. So um,
0: I do notice uh, that they are super, super, super in this retheme um, super mixing all the seasons together.
1: Yeah, they are, <laughs> but I mean, that's okay.
0: Yeah. I mean I guess. I
1: mean they definitely are. Because Claudia Black's
0: character is here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And Ball is there, but also Apophis is still around. I don't I don't know.
1: Well Apophis was still around when Ball was around.
0: Well, I don't think Apophis was around when v- Volo was around. And
1: I don't w- remember. I think he might have been still around Hathor
0: or- was definitely not around. <laughs>
1: This right, right. Because there's only like two Hathor episodes. Yeah. There's the one where she takes over the uh, command, Stargate command. And then there's the one where they convince Daniel and Jack and Sam that they were frozen and woke up like.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. hundred years from now yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, long story short, <laughs> this actually is pretty cool retheme. if you aren't.
1: This person, like, put a lot of effort into their retheme. Like, it looks really good.
0: If you're not a super stickler for, like, non-canonical. Which I'm not. No. Tina. Um, While we are talking about the resistance, I want this to be a good place for us to just shove this in here. We've got a variant rule for the resistance that I want you guys to play. I want you to try this next time. When you're starting a new round, like, when you're starting the game, choose... Like okay, we're sending a team. Why are you sending that team? Where are you sending that team? Choose a company. It can be real. It can be not real. It doesn't matter. That's who you're fighting. That's who you're resisting. Apple. Sure, Apple. Um, when you're the leader, you have to make up a reason that you're sabotaging them. So like, all right, we're gonna go in there. We're gonna steal the plans for the new iPhone. Or um, we're gonna go and um, key Tim Cook's car. I don't. I don't know. <laughs>
1: something
0: dumb so as you deal out the weapons you have to tell people what their jobs are so it's more role play so,
1: okay so
0: try that um the the comment on this is it might We're distract gonna, from the deduction though
1: yeah but oh well
0: yeah who cares it's like just that more we role-
1: are gonna poison the ceo's goldfish
0: yeah it's just a way to role play
1: yeah i mean that sounds cool
0: yeah so try that next time uh john how do you feel about merchant of venice
1: I have never played it.
0: Right. Okay. How do you feel about Stargate?
1: I love Stargate.
0: What if you lived in a world where someone named Aj Sand Sam, 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 Sam had combined those two things?
1: Well, I would definitely give it a try because it's Stargate.
0: What if they picked the most advanced races for the playable factions?
1: That's actually pretty awesome. Yes. And I'm looking, this person also did a lot of oh my God, they did. work they did on a their lot. re-theme, and it looks so good. I think it might be the same person that did the other Stargate Well, let one, me
0: actually. scroll up and look. It is, in fact.
1: And they have done an amazing job. Uh, at it is this.
0: Ajax013 is the username on BGG. I'm not sure if either of these are available.
1: It doesn't look like they are. No, there's but no
0: mention that he's uploaded these files, but. Um,
1: But wow.
0: Well, actually, I don't know. If you go to his profile, there is a link to his print and play projects. And he's got a lot of pictures of them. But yeah, I'm not seeing like, here's the download link. So maybe not, but uh, he's got some, he's got some pretty cool stuff that he's done did a dune retheme of oh, I mean he like
1: he puts a lot of work into these rethemes. Oh yeah, cool. he
0: did a firefly retheme of Lost Cities. Okay, cool. Well, whatever. Um yeah, he he did a retheme of uh Merchant of Venice. It looks like first edition.
1: But it looks amazing. Yeah. Like Just looking at the pictures, I wouldn't know right off that this is somebody's yeah, retheme yeah, yeah. because he's done that good of a job.
0: Yeah, it could be a real game.
1: Yeah, it could most definitely i would play this
0: what is uh the first thing that comes to your mind when you're thinking of shadows over camelot okay maybe like the second or third thing
1: well honestly uh
0: okay the find the fifth thing then
1: well, I already know what the answer is. Uh,
0: I know. I need just I just need you to say it. What's the? Well,
1: f- probably Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh
0: my God, you're right, Jondi.
1: Right. I personally wouldn't think of that because I don't like Monty Python.
0: Well, you're wrong. But
1: whatever. It's just not my cup of tea.
0: Did you know that almost all of the castles that are shown in that movie are the same castle from different <laughs> angles? because they didn't want to film at more than one location for the castles that's a true fact
1: that does not surprise me
0: um it's the same castle that what's that netflix show about castle like the man in the castle or whatever
1: the man in the high castle maybe
0: something like that we we don't we don't watch tv so we don't know um but it's the same castle yes we're we're
1: obsessed with stargate but we don't (laughs) watch tv
0: Please, Stargate hasn't been on TV in 10 years. I
1: still rewatch it every so often. So.
0: Well, yeah, that's fine. But we don't watch TV.
1: I don't even have TV. I have Netflix and Amazon and Hulu.
0: Well, that's no excuse then, because whatever that show is called, it's a Netflix original series or maybe it's an Amazon. It's an
1: Amazon <laughs> series. Uh, I think Jeremy has watched it.
0: Well, there you go. Husband is, has is this the it. one that. Oh, I don't know anything about it. John. D. Oh.
1: <laughs> well, for people that are asking, I think it's this show that's about what the world would be like now if the Nazis had won World War II.
0: Well, if it's not that, um, you can email us and tell us <laughs> that, we're <wrong. laughs> that we're wrong. We should we should promote doing a mailbag episode one one time.
1: Except for nobody actually ever emails us. Yeah.
0: People can start. What's that email address? Uh yeah, I don't know it either. Email John De
1: at com, <laughs> and I check it once in a while. <laughs> You can tweet at us. You can Facebook yes, message us. Actually,
0: if you Facebook, John D. will read it. I do John read D our will Facebook will absolutely messages. see it.
1: I absolutely do check If those.
0: you tweet it, I will see it. Yes. So if you want to say something nasty about me, send our Facebook page a message. And if you want to say something nice about me, tweet us.
1: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> anyway,
0: maybe. yes. There's a Shadows Over Camelot retheme that is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, that totally makes sense. They've got Sir Bedir, they've got Sir Galahad, they've got King Arthur, because, I mean, the, you know, of course, these things are, this is already the game, so why wouldn't you just change the picture? Um, they added Patsy. They've got Tim, the wizard. <laughs> um, they've they've got little cardboard standees that you can have of all the characters, so you can, I mean, all of this stuff you can print out. They've redone the art of a lot of cards. There's, a, of course, um, one of the cards is Witch, yeah, it's real good.
1: Um, I mean, the, the the game pretty much lends itself straight to that theme. Oh, so yeah, of
0: course. Of course.
1: It totally makes sense. I and mean, honestly, I like the game enough that there, there there are some games that I like, regardless of whether or not they have a theme I don't love. So um, I'd still play it, even though it's Holy Grail.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. There was a period of life, a period of, of life in my time. Where I watched Holy Grail a lot.
1: I've never watched it all the way
0: through. So, I don't know. I'd play this. But you know what I would not play? You know what I wouldn't play, John D? Uh, Ticket to Ride? <laughs> no, I'm of course I'd play that. I mean... This is one of the most talked about this actually print and play re-themes. Cool. Uh, uh, when I was doing research, um, it's... Older, a little bit older now. It's from 2013, but oh my gosh, this could be a... a
1: Man. So uh, this is the Emerald City Pro Package uh, Ticket to Ride. So it takes place in the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Um, Now, Wizard of Oz is a fantastic series of books. The movie is absolutely fantastic. I'm completely over it. If I ever have to watch that movie again, I will kill myself. Sure,
0: sure. You know what I would love to see? Uh, and, and this has kind of happened a few times. I want to see a modern, not a remake of that movie, but a modern adaptation of the books.
1: Um, there was a there was a James
0: Franco one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one was, was pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah,
0: but I think that it was
1: a that was like a limited series. It was more like a mini series than it was like a.
0: I think I think that failed because people were like, oh, Wizard of Oz. I love Wizard of Oz. Let's see what this is. And it's nothing. And it wasn't it's, what they expected. No, it's based on the books, not based on the movie. Right.
1: I thought it was really cool.
0: Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. But honestly, um, those books are more like what I would like to see is a retheme of that magician game. Oh, what is the name of that game? Uh, Trickerion.
1: Oh, Oh yeah! Since
0: that is absolutely what the 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 book that happens that is the Wizard of Oz before he goes to Oz. Yeah, that is one hundred percent what that game is. Oh
1: my god, it totally is. For those of you that haven't read the books, stop what you're doing right now and go read all of them.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. Just go yeah. to Wikipedia and read this yeah. plot synopsis. They're
1: actually you have to really get into the because they're they're dated. They're definitely dated yeah. in the writing style. But it, a lot of them are really fun. Some of them, not so much. But this re theme looks really great. Yes,
0: yes. So the, the, there's a, a quick print and play that you can get, and there's also the quote unquote pro package that comes with the high res map, um, the tickets, cards, drawbridge tokens, rule book, box, artwork. I mean, this is the, the the pro package because this this is what you would have to download if you wanted this to look like a a retail product. If you love Ticket to Ride and love, absolutely love Wizard of Oz, this would be for you. Uh, I may do this at some point since we have an extra Ticket to Ride m- without the map.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I think this would be a cool a cool thing to do. May look at doing this.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: It's it has exclusive. Not available in the standard print and play package. Golden ticket and house rules expansion. I don't know what that is. I'm not going to download all this right now. But, um, I mean woof. the people,
1: the person that did this just, wow. Yeah. It's like, and, and if you download it, you come up with, it comes with like step-by-step instructions yeah. on how to put it together. Um, yeah, this the is images are all like super high res. So it's, it's Wow.
0: Like this, this is a professional printing bag. This is something that you would take to an actual print shop. Yeah. And I'm not talking like FedEx, Kinko's. Like a factory. I'm talking like, yes, like, like a long pack.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, come on, Days of Wonder. When are you guys going to do, just do this? Yeah, version.
0: this is, this is amazing. And I, I would devote an entire episode to this if I could.
1: Which I will not let you. So right. we're going to move on. So
0: instead, we're going to move on to Pokemon. Zuloretto is a game where you um, build a zoo and you put animals in pins and they uh, make more animals. I'm not exactly clear on how that works. How they, I, don't, I don't understand. As far as I'm aware, you leave your Pokemon at the daycare and an egg appears and the daycare person says, I don't know, I found this. That makes sense. Um, but Zuloretto... <laughs> Zuloretto is... It's an all right game. Um, it's not my favorite game. It's okay. I think that I'm <clears throat> maybe a little bit, uh, over collected it. Cause I have almost all of the Zuloretto promos. I have the, the like sea park expansion that you can get for it.
1: Well, because, because you, like many gamers, are a completionist.
0: Yeah, well, and also Zuloretto came out around the time that I was like, I need to buy all the games because uh, uh, board games are great now. I love them all. <laughs> um, there's no files, like print files to download this game. Um, no, but He's they- just got four images that you could take it these four images and so you could print it out. Yeah. You could do this.
1: Like just looking at his images, you can be like, okay, I'm going to Yeah, gonna
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, he's got um some, some nice looking sprite work that resembles a town in Pokemon, although it's not any specific town. It's just uh, a board that uses the same sprite art.
1: Mm-hmm. And so then of the, some so animals. Of it kind of looks like old uh, Legend of Zelda.
0: Um, um, This is third generation Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. This is the same era, Game then. Boy Advance Gen 3 games. Yeah. So, you know, you can have like... Eevees and Pikachus and Squirtles. Uh, and, and if you're familiar with Zuloretto, you know, you have to have the males and the females. I don't think just looking at what I'm looking at here that he's bothered to differentiate between the male and female sprites. Yes.
1: Yes. If you look at those. Well, he's got he's got male and
0: female, female symbols. But in Pokemon, in the actual game, there are differences between the males of the species and the females of the species. They have different hairs or different tails.
1: I was not aware.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, it's not going to detract from playing this game if you actually want to print it out, but yeah, it doesn't look like he, uh, n- uh nerded enough <laughs> to have differentiated between a male Pikachu and a female Pikachu. Uh, and of course he's got Ditto in here and Ditto can be either just like in real life. Ha ha ha. So yeah, there's enough images here that you could, you could probably print this out and figure it out on your own. He's got some upgrades that are like the Pokemon centers and um, some dollars So, yeah, if you wanted to make Pokemon Zuloretto, there's enough here that you could do it. But he's, he has not provided full instructions for printing and construction. Right. Ooh, what's this, Jondi? What's this? What's what? Uh, the next thing that's on here. Uh, this one. This one right uh-
1: here. Yes, so you've heard Jared and I talk about Crokinole before. It is a game that we both very much enjoy. And uh, for those of you that play Crokinole, it's it's a dexterity game where you're flicking discs to try to get them into the circles that are higher scoring. So there's like a hole in the very center that's a twenty point score, yes. and then the circle. Then there's like an inner circle that is fifteen points, and then the further out of the rings that you go. The less points that you get,
0: um, it's kind of like circular shuffleboard, although not of, at all.
1: I mean, a lot of people compare the two. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of skill involved in it more than just trying to get your discs to go where you want them to go. Because once the opponent's on the board, your discs have to bump the opponent's disc. Yes, yes. Or you're off the board. So there, there's definitely a lot of skill to the game. Um, So we came across somebody that has a house rule. They call it the cool rule. And it's just hilarious. I mean, I don't know that I would use this rule, but it is hilarious.
0: There's a lot of very particular rules about how things can interact with each other in Crokinole. Yes. And like if a disc leaves the playing field and stuff like that. Yes. Um, These people said, you know what? If it's cool. It's allowed.
1: So, like, you're for, like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. They would totally be allowed. Yeah. So, things like if the puck flies off the board and bounces off your partner's head and lands in the center hole, that would totally count. In official Crokinole, that would not count. Yeah. Um, they say that if the puck lands in anything like a wine glass, uh, cleavage, uh, a dog bowl, then it's a it's an automatic 20. So, um, I feel like. Just for fun, that could be a lot of fun because then people are going to start like aiming for other ridiculous things.
0: Right. I mean, I I
1: totally, I know I would.
0: I don't, I don't want to encourage that kind of play. I mean, the coolest thing that I've ever seen that I can remember is a, a shot in Crokinole where a disc was flicked. It went into the, like the out tray, the out of play tray. That disc hit another disc that was already out of play and knocked that disc back into play we allowed it. So, um Just because like what 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 did you, what the heck? How did you do that?
1: I'm trying to remember uh, our friend went and watched, you uh, know, he played in the uh national tournaments at Gen Con this past mm-hmm. year, and I remember him showing me a picture. I can't remember exactly how it happened, but it was a legal move, the judges determined it legal. Uh one of the discs ended up somehow slipping underneath another disc, so the two discs were like balancing on oh. the very center 20 point thing. One on top of the other.
0: Okay, interesting.
1: So that that is and it was considered legal. So uh, a
0: twenty, by the way, is called a dookie, apparently. <laughs> Never gonna n- I will no. not ever use that.
1: I will not either.
0: No. No, 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 no. No, that's real stupid. I mean it's fine if that's what it's called, but no. It nothing. says
1: doogie, not yeah. dookie.
0: No, yeah, doogie.
1: You said dookie, I like just, <laughs> like poopy.
0: No, no. <laughs> Um, We've got some more house rules here. Uh, Jondi really likes Mysterium way more than I do. I think it's all right, but she really likes it more. It's
1: clue for grownups.
0: There's two variants here that I've got. Um, True ghost variant. The ghost can only communicate by knocking on the table when the psychics ask whether or not their guess was correct. And they otherwise have to wear a mask so they don't show any facial expressions or looks giving away anything. So one knock for you're wrong and two knocks for you're correct. There's also, which I like this one way more, way more, true psychic variant where the psychic players cannot show their vision cards to anyone. Instead, they have to describe them. So it's almost as if they're seeing the vision in their head and they have to describe it to the other players. I like that one way more.
1: Which is crazy because then you start hearing why they are picking the images they're picking to go with their psychic card. Because, you know, sometimes you look at the person, you're like, well, why did you even guess that? Right. But if they're describing their card, you're really hearing, like, out loud how they visualize. Like, how they're, what are they noticing about that image to begin with?
0: Yeah. It's it's very interesting. It's it a very really interesting, interesting idea. I would try that. I would I would try it. Um, let's see. I already talked about this one. There's a resistance one. Um, this one is a joke, but I love it. Uh, this This person posted their house rule for Munchkin.
1: There are so many Munchkin house rules out there. Oh, there's a there. lot,
0: but this one is my favorite. This one really upped the fun for me with this game. When you open the lid, just close it again and choose a different <laughs> game. I was a
1: good ready to say that some of the house rules should be like, just don't play. I really <laughs> like this house. I would play this house rule.
0: Um, aside from the obvious advantage of a quicker playtime, I think what I like best about the Munchkin variant is how it keeps your cards in good condition without having to sleeve them.
1: It would.
0: Um, there's a real one. I didn't put it on here. There's a real one that I found where at the beginning of the game, you draw a name from a hat of the player and if that player wins you also win so like if i secretly draw your name i'm not going to attack you as much and i'm going to help you so it would increase the oh my god it would so much increase the game time uh the the quickness of the game time
1: oh my god as if the game isn't already long
0: enough no no no, it would make it shorter oh because it wouldn't be then everybody is trying to attack you okay like okay. okay i've got a card that I've got John D's name. So I want her to win because if she wins, I also win. So I'm not just going to play all my monster cards that stall the game. Right. I don't know. I, I don't ever want to play Munchkin anyway. But I don't either. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad game. There are just games that I like more. I that are shorter. Flat and out. I just fun. don't
1: like it. When I first started playing, uh, not Monopoly games, I liked Munchkin. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I I've bought a lot of different versions of Munchkin because it's fun with. I've the even right bought people. the kids
1: version of it, which oh, by uh, the way, treasure Hunter or whatever. Which by the way, don't buy it. Oh, it's.
0: Um, well, I, I don't think it's a game anymore. that you
1: have to have house rules for because I, it is not well done.
0: I thought it was a Toys R Us exclusive. Is that not the case now?
1: I got it at our local oh, friendly well at our I guess. friendly local game store.
0: Okay, um, what how, <laughs> So there's that. Also, a house rule here for Dinosaur Island.
1: I actually really like this house rule, and I would totally play this.
0: Yes, it says, I will insist on this rule with anyone every time I play the game. At the beginning of the game, each player is dealt one or two of the 90s slang tokens and must use all their assigned slang terms during the course of the game to be eligible for the win.
1: I think that is awesome.
0: So for a game totally that tubular, is, dude. For a game that is just Jurassic Park... It, yeah, it's in the 80s hilarious yeah i i hilarious that you have to use these slang tokens
1: yeah i would totally totally do this
0: do you want to talk about this loop and louis yeah so, that you found? so
1: we found some loop and louis rolls and as you guys all know that's also a game that jared loves yeah
0: any list that we make has to have loop and louis on it uh,
1: yeah yeah like he even put it on a valentine's day
0: of uh, speaking of which i was recently informed that you can now find loop and louis at your local target So there you go. It's available again. It's back in print. print. It has new art. Um, I don't know. Go to target.com and type in loop and Louie and see if your local store has it. Uh, Okay.
1: So, Jared, do you want to explain a a little bit about what you do in the game?
0: Yeah, loop and Louie is a game where there's a drunk guy in an airplane and he's dive bombing chickens because he hates chickens. I (laughs) I don't know. know. Um, Mechanically, it's on a motor. There's a weight on one end and an airplane at the other, and it's set in a way that it's kind of like those drinking birds, how it wants to move up and down. Mm -hmm. And you've got these paddles in front of you that if you time it right, you push the guy up and he does a flip and he dive bombs your opponent's chicken disc. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, lose all your chickens, you lose.
1: Yes. So some of the variants like kind of fix some of the player elimination things. Like one of them is uh, the game you play, the game to a number of points instead of just till everybody, like instead of it being a last man standing. So you play to a number of points that's typically four or five. Mm-hmm. And the winner of each round receives a point. So then when only two players, uh so, so that's one way, but then additionally you can do it like when only two players remain, the one with the more chickens left wins. If they're tied... And this is if you don't do the points thing, I believe. Um, if the they're tied, each one is awarded a point, and then you move on to the next round.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So maybe they're played together.
0: Yeah, I would yeah, think that this together. is the same thing.
1: Yeah, a different variant, a completely different variant. However, is what somebody called their
0: oh yes, this Loop one's and a different Louis
1: one. tournament rules. So it would be for four players. Uh, when a player is eliminated during a round, they can keep playing. Um, when a player wins a round, they start the next round with one less chicken. If you get down to zero chickens, then you win.
0: So, uh, I could see this one working because you, when a round starts, you have three chickens. So I guess if you won the previous game, you would start with two chickens, which means that you have to protect your chickens and get rid of your opponent's chickens. Yes. But you have a disadvantage.
1: Because you've got one less chicken.
0: Right. And then when you're down to one chicken, so let's say you win two rounds in a row, you have one chicken, everyone else has three chickens. They're going to be coming for your chicken. Right. So I could see this self-balancing pretty well, unless you have someone that is is somehow super good at this game that's extremely random. I mean, there's a little bit of skill involved with timing it. You can get it to a point where you know, like if I hit it exactly now, it'll do a backflip, and it'll attack the guy on my left's chickens, and it'll... Automatically hit the chicken. There's nothing they can do about it. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't. know I think this would fix it a little bit better. And then when you get down to starting with zero chickens, you would win, right? So that well, seems seems okay. I don't understand this one. You you told me about this, and I was like, oh okay, but I didn't really follow.
1: So this one's about sorry. Mm-hmm. And instead of all of your pawns just starting in your own area. You start one pawn in each of the areas.
0: Right. So if you're the yellow player, you don't have all of your yellow pawns in front of you. You distribute them to green, red, and blue. Yeah. And you keep one?
1: But you still play all your colors. It's just now your different pieces are different lengths away from your ending, your home area.
0: So I still have to roll to get them out. Yes. Like just because it's in front of you. I'm still rolling to get my guy out.
1: Yeah, all the rules would still be the same, and it would still be your pawns. It's just they are all at different um, distances from your goal area.
0: Okay, and this one, it says that pawns sent back to start would be sent to the start furthest from home without a pawn of their color. So strategically, then, you'd want to start with the ones that are closer Mm -hmm. to home because Mm -hmm. if they... If you empty that, then it is technically the farthest away from home without a pawn in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Maybe. Like, if I was going to play Sorry, I'd try try it once. If I'm
0: going to play Sorry, I'm going to play Sorry Sliders. I knew you were
1: going to say that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry Sliders, best Sliders.
1: Yeah. But anyway, um, I think it sounds interesting.
0: We also found rules that... um, I've always played with and think should have been in the rules from the beginning for zombie side. Yes. So in zombie side, there's a targeting order. And if you are in a square with a survivor, um, like another human player, they are targeted first, which, which has is never made so sense to stupid. me. If you and I are standing back to back shooting zombies and I'm like, look out, John D, there is a zombie over there. And I go to aim at the zombie. Why do I shoot you?
1: Right. It, I mean, it's just really dumb.
0: Like, okay. If I'm shooting into the next square over and like you're fighting a zombie there and I'm shooting while you're fighting the zombie. Okay, sure. If you botch that role, you should shoot the survivor, but mm-hmm. I shouldn't automatically go John D. John D., There's a zombie over there. I'm going to shoot it. Bang, 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 bang. And I yes. shoot you. I mean, you could what? be
1: shooting the exact opposite direction, but you're in the same area. Yeah. So you shoot the, the other human. It doesn't make
0: any sense. Yeah. It's rolled down. So they, they have done what I always do. Um, You hit your companion on a roll of one or two, which is not what I do. I just do if you completely botch it, Um, it's kind of like a critical fail. So if you and I are fighting a zombie and I botch my roll, absolutely I can shoot you. So it's
1: like you dropped your gun and it misfired.
0: Or like, oh, I got really scared and shot you instead of the zombie. Sure, that's fine. Um, I also don't allow that rule to be used with shotguns because if I'm shooting a shotgun into an adjacent square where you are, sorry, Jonty, it's a shotgun. I can't right. exactly aim a shotgun. Right. So yeah, there. the rule for zombie side there is um, if you're sharing a square with another player, you are supposed to shoot that other player first and that's dumb. Yeah. It really it's is. not fun to shoot your other player. Like strategically, I don't understand what the point of that is. You, you and I need to move away from each other so that I don't shoot you when I'm trying to shoot a zombie. Right. So you go over there, I'll fight these guys but you need to leave so that I don't shoot you.
1: <laughs> it's just, it's
0: stupid. It's, it's dumb. Now, yeah. when I was demoing zombie side as part of the Simon, like I don't remember what they were called, the ambassadors or whatever. I taught people the actual rules. When I was doing the ambassador demos, I played it to the rules, but when I was playing it with just my friends, no, no, we're not doing that. I'm not going to shoot you. Makes sense. It's dumb.
1: It is. It's real stupid. <sighs>
0: Oh, well. It's a great game. It's just fiddly. Um, okay, I'm going to jump down here to this part real quick. Um, there's a house rule that is not board game specific that I want to talk about. Um, don't play the jerk move This is what I've written here, but not what you would say. Um, basically, if there exists a move in the first turn or two of a game that would just completely destroy an opponent with little benefit other than you would destroy that opponent, don't do it. So if you're playing, unless
1: you're our gaming group and we're playing with my husband, yeah.
0: if you're playing a two hour <laughs> game and there's something you can do early on in the game that would make it so that another player could never recover. And the only benefit to you is that that move would make it so that the other player could never recover. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're playing an aggressive game, sure. But if it's a game where like, eh, I could do this to help myself to really set myself up or I could make it so you don't have fun for the next two hours. Yeah. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. Don't be that guy.
0: Um, another rule that is not game specific is if you bring a new favorite game to game night, but you don't know how to play it, you haven't opened it or punched any of it out.
1: We're not playing the game. We're not playing
0: that. Now, if you just bought a game and you already know how to play it, or you know that the rules are going to take like three minutes to explain. Sure. Fine. Like Tokyo highway. Yeah. Tokyo Highway is, okay, here's the rules in five minutes, let's play. Yeah, yeah. But if if you bring Twilight Imperium and you haven't punched it out or read the rules. uh, No. No, no, go put it back in your car.
1: Uh, GTF0.
0: Hey, everybody, we're going to have a game night. We're going to play all weekend. We're going to have a a lock-in. Bring your favorite game. Know how to play your game, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Please and thank you.
1: Now, it's different if you if your gaming group knows going in, hey, we're going to play some games that yes. nobody's ever played.
0: Yes. Um, if that is know, explicitly what you're doing, fine.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, if, if you've grabbed something like Eclipse or something like that, at least take the time to punch it. Yeah, first.
0: Jason, if you want to play <laughs> Eldritch Horror, but you have bought all of it and never played any of it and the game's not even out of its shrink wrap, don't expect people to play it with you. Also, don't buy the inserts. And also, stop buying the expansions <laughs> to the game. I know you can't help yourself, but stop it.
1: Oh, my God. Or okay. don't.
0: Whatever. I'm not your dad. I can't tell you what to do.
1: Yeah. So, those are both very good, like, quote-unquote house rules for yeah. for any gaming group.
0: Uh, John D wants me to really quick talk about... Pitch Car Mario Kart.
1: I mean, we've talked about it before, but I felt like they needed mentions.
0: So I'm not the first person to come up with this. There's been a lot of, a lot of people that have rethemed Pitch Car as Mario Kart to varying degrees, whether it's just adding, um, the ability for you to pick up items and use them or whatever. I think I've gone uh, a little above and uh, above, above and beyond what normal people would do. I bought crocodile discs to use as items. I've written rules for movement for all of the items, Um, I bought glass beads that look like bananas. Oh
1: my God.
0: I've glued thing. I I went a little crazy.
1: I've never seen any of this.
0: It's at the basement. It's in at the basement. basement. Um, yeah, at some point we will break it out. We'll we'll do a video. We'll do a whole thing. We'll do a whole thing. Play pitch car for three days. Do nothing Mm. but play pitch car, eat, sleep, drink, pitch car. Hmm. Ah uh, you heard that. That was an okay. It was a begrudging okay. It was an agreement,
1: mm. a gentleman's
0: agreement. Um, I also, with the help of a few other people, came up with a grand prix rule for Formula Day. So there's sponsorship, there's team rules, um, there's seasons that last for 10 circuits, or two laps for each race. So that's 10 tracks. 20 laps. There's a point system. Um, There's DNF rules. There's car construction rules. There's weather and tire rules. You have red line rules where you can blow through your brake to get a little, squeeze a little bit of extra out of it. Pole position um, repair points, point by, I mean, this is a huge thing that some people and I built and then never played. Um, The rules are still on our website Although you can't get to it. It's not listed anywhere, but it's, um, it's on there. Eat slash formula d, And there's a hyphen formula hyphen D
1: we'll link it. We in will the episode notes.
0: Uh, I really want to do this at some point. I just need to get a group of people that'll want to play formula D a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So let's talk about Kickstarters, but first this isn't a Kickstarter. It's it a GoFundMe.
1: It is, and it's not something that you're going to get a game or right. something back.
0: But it's for one of our friends, and I think it's...
1: It's for somebody that's actually pretty, pretty important to a lot of people yeah. in the gaming community. Um, it's a girl by the name of Sarah Traeger. If, uh,
0: yeah, and eventually when we release it, you will meet her.
1: So, we did do an episode yeah, with her, but... We uh, had some
0: technical issues. Yeah, some
1: of the audio got corrupted. Oh, a lot of um, it. So we're going to try to piece together an episode. Yes. But um, Sarah ha- had a... Um,
0: I don't know how to pronounce it.
1: She had a disease uh, or a virus of some type mm-hmm. uh, when she was three. It's meningococcemia. And uh, she survived it, but due to the capillary damages from the disease, she had have both of her legs uh, amputated and most of both of her hands amputated um, just a few weeks after she got sick. So Sarah's now all grown up and really a special person to a lot of the people in the gaming community. Um, she is an absolute joy to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, she is so good at playing games like she just
0: She's amazing at teaching them too.
1: She is. I mean, if you find a game that you want to learn, Sarah, if she's played it, she would be happy to sit down. It doesn't matter how many times she's played the game, um she will sit down and teach the game to you and she is so good at it. Um at a lot of the conventions you'll see her working at a lot of different um companies booths. She's worked mm-hmm. for Mayday, she's worked for RnR Games, she worked she's worked for AEG. Um, there's a lot of different, uh, companies that she has helped out with. I believe she's helped out with uh, formal ferret. So she, she's, she's really a special person to a lot of people in the community. And if you are lucky enough to attend a convention where Sarah is, you'll, you know, try to, try to find time to sit down with her because she's, she's just a delightful human being to be around. Yes. Um,
0: we've played quite a few games with her. Yeah, we have. She's, she's destroyed us. Oh, my God. She
1: is so good at games. Like, you teach her a game, and, like, 10 minutes later, she'll be like, oh, I'm going to kick your butt. Uh, she's so good. So um, Sarah has – well, people that have prosthetic limbs generally need to get them replaced fairly regularly. The limbs can be fairly painful, especially when um, you're walking on them. They rub – um, I've known other people that had similar issues. They rub in places. They, and Sarah absolutely never complains about it. Like, you know, if you really ask her questions and talk to her about it, she, you know, she'll let you know that she's in pain a lot of the time. You would never know when you need her. And she, the girl's quicker than a lot of people I know that have two <laughs> normal, like normal legs. Like, she is just so fast and so full of energy. And um, she needs new um, prosthetic legs. And, um, Due to changes in, um, Medicaid policy, she has lost her supplemental insurance policy. Mm -hmm. So her co-pays, um, along with maintenance and all that kind of stuff is going to cost her between 6,000 and $10,000 to get her new legs. Um, and she really does need them. So there's a GoFundMe up, um, to try to raise that money for her. Yes. Um, and I get it. Not everybody has extra money to spare, especially for a person that you might not know. And that's fair. Um, but if you get a chance, grab the link and share it, even if you can't uh, donate any money or if you have five or ten bucks. You know, yeah, throw even it a few away.
0: dollars is better than no dollars.
1: Yeah. Um, just, you know, help somebody that's really special in the gaming community, um, either by donating some money or uh, just taking a minute to share the link and say, hey, this is somebody that's really special and um, could use some help. And... You can actually kind of meet Sarah. Um,
0: oh, yeah, we're supposed to plug this. I forgot. Yeah, what's the name of it?
1: I'm grabbing it. Hold on.
0: <laughs> well, John D is furiously typing away.
1: Okay. So, Sarah has started her own um, podcast. And it is, you can find it at com. Yes. Um,
0: which is a website that you would have known about if that episode hadn't been eaten by the computer.
1: Yeah. So there's always like, she keeps blogs on there and she has just started the podcast. Like I believe this year, this month uh, she started this new podcast and I believe it's her and her husband and yeah, have a listen. She has some really great insight about games and, and, how they're played and things that you can do to make them better or what she likes and doesn't like, she's just really, really interesting to talk to and, you know, take a minute to listen and kind of meet Sarah see why she's so special to everybody.
0: Yeah. Check it out. Uh, and then we do have a Kickstarter. Um, so I've talked about this before. This is not what I want, but I will take it. Uh, there is a new version of Suro on Kickstarter right now, Phoenix Rising. It is not, and as far as I know, they're still planning on it. No one's told me otherwise. This is not the overproduced anniversary edition with all the fancy, fancy, fancy pieces. This is a, um, not a re-theme, but a, it's it's like how in Suro of the Sea there was some new mechanics, but it was still Suro. Right. So this is that again. This is Suro, Phoenix Rising. It has regular classic Suro, but it adds new features. There's double-sided path tiles that allow diagonal movement, which is a new thing. You can flip and rotate to choose your destination, and there is a new like vacuum mold board
1: mm-hmm.
0: to facilitate that. Um, it's similar to some of the vacuum form trays that you maybe have. On some of the games that have the little dip At the bottom so you can get your finger in there And flip stuff over pretty easily And And As a phoenix you also have The astounding ability to rise from the ashes And return to the board once per game Hmm. So you get a second chance Hmm. Yeah Uh I think we've talked enough about Soro that you know how I feel about Soro.
1: I don't love Soro. I'll play it, but it's a little bit too abstract for me.
0: Well, John D. <laughs> Uh this Kickstarter exclusive bonus pieces uh, <laughs> eight Phoenix spawns, eight, wow, eight Phoenix pawns in unique colors might change your mind, as well as mini expansion Twilight portals that allow the Phoenix. Phoenix pawns have to say that slower to teleport around the board. And that's not all, John D. The tip of the iceberg custom one millimeter thick PVC tray replaces the standard cardboard insert in the box.
1: What? I mean, that's cool, what? but the game's still a little bit too abstract. For that's
0: my fair. Face. I, mean, <laughs> I mean,
1: I will play it um, if I'm with people that really want to play it. It's not a game that I hate playing. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't really like it.
0: Well, I. I like Suro enough to the point where if Calliope ever actually makes that super overproduced version, I will absolutely throw money at it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's Suro. There's not much more to say here. It's Suro with some new stuff. Uh, it's based on a game called Squiggle.
1: How much is uh, is it? Is it to um, be all If
0: in? you want the Kickstarter exclusive set with the Phoenix Pawns, the Twilight Tiles, and the new tray, it's $55. If you want, and this this I think is worth mentioning, if you want what they're calling the Legacy of Surrow, that comes with Surrow, Surrow of the Sea, Veterans of the Sea mini-expansion, and the Kickstarter version of Surrow Phoenix Rising with the bonus Pawns and mini-expansion, Hundred dollars. Okay. Hundred dollars to get everything, Suro. All right. I don't know. I really like Surrow. Uh I I enjoy it quite a bit. Um, the original two thousand four version from Whiz Kids, still one of the all time classics. And who knows? Maybe if this Kickstarter does really really well, maybe there's a small chance. Maybe. They'll do a 15th anniversary edition with the fancy, 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 fancy stuff.
1: Maybe probably no, not. You don't have to do the hundred dollars. You no. can be in. You can get the retail. You can edition do the retail for one for forty-five. Bucks, yeah. Or there is a Kickstarter Kickstarter exclusive set. Oh, it's for yes, 55.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you can do that. Yeah. Free shipping, apparently, or maybe it's charged afterwards. I don't know. Uh, please, she, yeah, the shipping charts will be charged after. So okay. Yeah. Well, as usual, there's going to be a link for that.
1: Yep that is Uh, a thing we will
0: do right, John do you have anything you want to plug anything else you want to uh
1: no nope nope that's it Uh, just Sarah and her website yeah
0: Uh, we will put a link to her website in the episode notes and as usual the episode notes are available on our website eatchitanddice.com no idea if they're available on iTunes because I don't look at iTunes but if you want to give us five stars on iTunes all the stars I assume it's a five star rating if it's ten stars please don't give us five I assume it's a five star. Give us five stars. Give us all the stars. Tell your friends, tell your family. Make them listen. Tie them to a chair and um, hold their eyes open with that thing from Clockwork Orange. We'll
1: just go on a road trip and then be like, this is what we're listening to.
0: Okay. Well, Johnny, until next time.
1: You can eat chit and dice.
0: Wow, that's a really rude thing you would say to me. Why? Why? Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.